0: Five, Ephesians 5. And if you would, let's turn uh, to chapter 5, verse 18. And if you would, stand with me when you find yourself there. We know this chapter 5 is walk in love. Uh, verse 2, Paul says to walk in love. We're supposed to follow the example of Jesus Christ. Verse number 8, we're supposed to walk as children of the light. Verse number 15, we're supposed to walk in wisdom. Then we get to verse number... Uh, Our verse 15 verse 18 we get to the verse where we've been for this will be the third week now verse 18 and be not drunk with wine where is in excess but be filled with the spirit we're supposed to have a spirit-filled walk a spirit-filled life and we're not supposed to be controlled by anyone or anything other than anyone other than the holy spirit uh, we're not to be controlled by our environment. We're to be a cli- we're supposed to change the climate that we're in with our spirit-filled life. And uh, last week we looked at not being a thermo- thermometer, but rather we are to be a thermostat. Right? We're to uh, change the climate that we're in, not be affected by it. Um, We hear a lot about climate change, but that's the kind of climate change we should be looking for as a Christian. Be filled with the Spirit so that when you go to work, uh, that negativity uh, doesn't have to permeate all the time. Because when you're there, you can change the climate. You can change the temperature of the room. Amen? And when it's real cold, you can turn it up. And uh, when it's dead, you can bring it to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, wherever you're at, be a thermostat. And uh, so, number one today, I want to look at the praising life. Verse 19, we'll read verses 19 through 21. We're looking at the praising life, the thanking life, and the submitted life. Verse number 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Father, I need your help this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd speak through uh, me, Lord, as a servant, a messenger here. And Lord, help me not to make this message about me or my agenda or what I want, but Lord, rather the burden that you've laid on my heart. Lord, may we we submit to your word. Lord, help us to praise you and and, uh, be thankful for our circumstances. And also submit one to another, as your scripture so clearly tells us. That uh, how can we have joy? We put Jesus first, others second, and ourselves last. Lord, help us to realize that's the, the right uh, process, uh, Lord. And, of course, we need your Spirit. We need your help. Because we can't do this in the flesh. Help us, Lord, to be filled, each of us. May that be our prayer today, Lord. Be filled with the Spirit. And I pray that this, would, uh, this, this uh, time together would be a time of growth and, um, and Lord, change. May we not leave here the same way we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Number one, adoration, the praising life, our relationship to God. Now, I was reading an article, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and Billy Graham said that we have a singing faith. I thought that was great. A singing faith. Uh, And um, our churches are filled with singing. What did we just get done doing? We just got done singing. And we should have a singing faith that comes out through the church, but not just in the church. Our life should be filled with singing. Now, we shouldn't be singing the songs of the world. We should be singing the songs of the Word. We need to be in the Word. We need to be listening to God and His message come through our lips and through our voices. And Psalm 100, verse 1, uh, and I'll read verses 1 through 3. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with Singing, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We, are, we have to give God the credit for everything, my friend. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. See, this is God's church. What We shouldn't say, well, what, is, what does the board say we should do? No, my friend, what does God say that we should do? See, uh, that's why we need pastoral leadership. If a pastor is under the power of the Holy Spirit and submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's God's plan. Not just a group of businessmen that want to make financial decisions and want to make uh, prudent decisions based on, uh, you know, oh, this would be a good deal for the church. This is a great opportunity for the church. No, my friend, if we're going to have a church that's filled with faith, we need to step out under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and God's word, and and we're supposed to follow Him. And so it is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. And when we realize that, when we realize that God should get all the credit for anything He's done in our life, anything He's done in our family, and Anything he's done in our church, then we can truly sing to the Lord a praise song from our heart. God wants to hear our joyful praise. Sing out, my friend. (laughs) We should take the hymn book and sing out. I know that some people say, well, I, uh, I can't sing. And, you know, they don't sing out because maybe they're embarrassed about their singing ability. Sometimes people don't sing out because the hymns are convicting Because actually when we start realizing what it is that we're singing, then we become convicted. But that's part of preparing our heart for the preaching and preparing our heart for the Word. And uh, you might be saying, well, I don't like those songs. They're a little too convicting. Well, here's some songs. Uh, I found a hymn book. Uh, It got corrupted somehow. But here's some songs that we can sing without a tinge of guilt. I surrender some. Now, that's a good one, right? There shall be sprinkles of blessings. Onward, Christian spectators. Where he leads me, I will consider following. Oh, how I like Jesus. I love to talk about telling the story. Brethren, we have met to have a business meeting. Let me have my own way, Lord. Now, that's a good one right there. Uh, Standing on the premises the power of a song. I think about Billy Sunday. You might have heard of that man. He died in the 30s, but he was used of God greatly uh, as a revival evangelist in the early part of the 20th century. But he got saved. He had been a, uh, a drunken uh, athlete. He was a baseball player. He played baseball in Chicago, but he was on skid row. He was a drunk, and he was. He was one day, he woke up and, uh, to the singing uh, of, of people inside the Pacific Garden Rescue Mission. And it was there that he heard the songs of God's grace, love, and mercy. And he went in and he repented of his sins and he got gloriously saved. And God cleaned him up and turned him into a revival preacher. I think about J.C. Penny. J.C. Penney the man who started the J.C. Penney stores. He made some unwise commitments in his life. He became very depressed because of it. And he worried so much that he developed shingles. He went to see his doctor who admitted him to the hospital. But his his condition became worse. And one night he was prescribed a sedative that quickly wore off. He woke up and he wrote some letters to his family and he fell back to sleep. He woke up the next morning, and he was surprised that he was still alive. He had heard people singing that morning, God will take care of you, down in the chapel. And he went in, and he listened to the singing and the message with his heavy heart. But then something happened. He later said, I realized then that I alone was responsible for my troubles, but I knew that God and his love were there to help me. And he said that from that day forward, his life was free of worry, and it was all because he realized that God would take care of him. The power of singing, my friend. And it, it needs to be rooted in the Word of God, okay? Our song should be from Scripture, should be singing about truth, and a, and a life of conviction, and a life that has experienced uh, change and has had experience uh, with spiritual things. So our adoration, we see that in verse number 19. And then we see appreciation, the thankful life, our relationship to our circumstances. Verse 20, Paul continues. He says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think and thank, come from the same root word. We need to think more, and then we'll thank more. Sometimes we forget about what God's done for us. We have much to be thankful for. I remember when I was growing up uh, in the city, and I remember hearing prayers. The um, prayer I heard a lot was, Thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning, And starting me on my way. And we might think, well, that's such a basic prayer. But that's where we have to start. Being thankful for just waking up. Thank you for letting me see the dawning of a brand new day. I'm breathing this morning, my friend, not because my alarm clock woke me up, but I'm breathing because of the mercies of God. And uh, as things are, you know, they are pretty bad in the world, aren't they? And some pe- I know there's some people here that are going through terrible things. It might be the worst day of your life right now. I get that. Um, but as bad as things are, it could always be worse. So we have to accentuate what God has done, the good things in our life, the, the blessings of God. As bad as things are, they could always be worse. You could have woke up this morning face down on the pavement. This morning on the way to church, your car horn could have accidentally got stuck behind uh, you know, a motorcycle gang on the freeway. I mean, it could have been that bad. This morning, your wife could have said, good morning, Bill, and your name's George. I mean, that, that, it, it could be worse. This morning, you could have received a call from your doctor's office that said, your pacemaker has been recalled by the manufacturer. We could have had all kinds of bad things happen to us today. Uh, But it could have been worse. It could always be worse. Think about the teenager. You could have woke up this morning. Your braces could have been stuck together. I mean, for some that would have been a blessing. Your parents would be rejoicing, you know. And your worst day could have been their best day, right? And uh, if we would think more, my friend, we would thank more. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise, praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Not only do we see adoration, and we see the need for us to be thankful then also, the appreciation. But thirdly, we see accommodation, the lowly life, not the low life, okay? Okay. The lowly life, Uh, verse 21, our relationship to one another. He says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. What kind of submission is this to be? Because we have all kinds of ideas about subservitude and submission and how we shouldn't, you know, some people say, well, we should stand up for our rights, we should stand up for ourselves, we need to uh, not just let everyone run us over and all those types of things. But let's look at what the Word says, okay? Is that okay? We'll look at what the Word says here. Verse 21, submitting yourselves. That word submitting, it's a military word, which literally means for one equal to place himself beneath another equal. The reason many Christians don't get anywhere in their Christian life is because they haven't learned to trust the Lord, receive the power of God by being filled with the Spirit. They haven't learned to rely on the Holy Spirit to allow other people to be first. Allow other people to have something They instead have worked and fought for their rights. The reason they've never gotten anywhere is because they're just standing up for themselves. They're standing up for their rights. And as long as you're fighting and working and standing for your rights, you're not going to be Spirit-filled because you are not Spirit-led. The Holy Spirit, when we're filled with Him, He leads us to put others before ourselves. How many times does Paul say that? to esteem others better than themselves, to put others first. You're not going to have joy in your life. You're not going to have victory. You're going to be stuck in your spiritual walk as long as you are just continually just putting yourself first and standing up for yourself and putting your rights first and complaining and griping and saying, why don't I ever get to have anything? No, my friend, as soon as we, re- we let that go, we let it go and we allow others to be esteemed highly and we allow others to get the credit instead of saying well uh, they don't recognize me down there at the church they don't really appreciate what I do for God wait hold on stop what you just listen to what you just said they don't appreciate what I do for God if we're doing it for God then why does it matter if they appreciate us or not In 2010, I remember watching this uh, video that um, was put out called Walking with Giants. It was Bobby Robertson who pastored the Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. And he relayed the story about how one day he and uh, uh, Texas evangelist Lester Roloff. Uh, who had the Roloff Homes and and did a great work for the Lord down in Corpus Christi and uh, but one day Bobby Robertson and Lester Roloff were driving down the road having a good time and uh, Bobby Robertson says we were cutting up with each other and and uh, having fun and uh, he said I don't know what it was but I, I said something <laughs> and I felt bad about it and Bobby. Robertson said, I, I said, Brother Roloff, I'm sorry for what I said to you. I wouldn't hurt you for anything. He looked over to see, uh, see Brother Roloff's face, and Brother Roloff said to Brother Bobby, he said, Brother Bobby, if you hurt me, it's not your fault, it's my fault, because I'm supposed to be dead. Meaning it's not about me, it's Christ in me. It's the spirit-filled life, not the self-filled life. And we're supposed to be dead to our flesh. And and he said, Brother Bobby, if you hurt me, it's not your fault, it's my fault, for I'm supposed to be dead. And you can't hurt something that's dead. Brother Robertson said, I never forgot that. What an impact it had on his life. One of the most humble preachers you could have ever met. He just went to be with the Lord last year. And... um, we're supposed to have a humble submission. Paul says in Philippians 2, 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. My friend, instead of standing up for my rights and standing up for, for my uh, you know, recognition, and they need to see what I've done, and they need to see me for who I am, my friend, that is a, a philosophy straight from the pit of hell. It's a humanistic, self-centered, self selfish philosophy. We're supposed to put Christ first in our life. And we're not going to understand the spirit-filled life as long as we keep putting self on the throne. Submit yourselves one to another. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, I I must admit to you that we're not just supposed to just give in to everyone. That's not what he's saying. We're supposed to do everything in the fear of God. See, following Christ's example, allowing, you know, uh, it it should be done uh, as long as we're not violating God's commands. See, uh, we understand Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, do you know the rest of this verse? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Say it again with me. Children, obey. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. right. Okay, children, obey your parents. Now, you might have some parents, and, and there might be some parents that are uh, ungodly and wicked, and uh, they might encourage their children to do sinful things, and, uh, and maybe a child could twist that into saying, Well, I'm obeying my parents, so they allow me to do bad things, so that's Okay. Or maybe you might have parents that are just uh, just uh, uh, telling you to do bad things and saying, you must do this. You need to obey me. Well, there comes a point where we have to obey God rather than man. So this idea of submission and submitting one to another doesn't mean that we're supposed to do that in a sinful way, but in the fear of God. We need to do it uh, because God uh, has called us to love one another. We are supposed to not put ourselves first, but rather allow others to be first in some areas. That word submit here also means to serve. We're to serve one another. You understand? Uh, Psalm 100, verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. And when we serve others in the fear of God, we essentially are serving the Lord. When your boss, um, although he might be cranky and he might be unkind sometimes, but if your boss says you need to do your work, you need to be here on time, serve that boss as if you're serving the Lord. Serve him uh, as if you're submitting to the Lord. Submit to him as unto the Lord. Uh, We need to have a life of service. We need to be humble, number one. Humble like Christ. See, Jesus submitted himself. uh, He allowed himself to go through some horrible things because of God and what God's will was. Jesus submitted to his Father. Uh, Although they were equal, he placed himself under the Father. And he submitted to the plan of God, the will of God for the world to be redeemed. Jesus went through, through some horrible things. If he could go to the cross, and if he could go through uh, the terrible things that he went through because of love for others, we should do the same. Submit with uh, humility, submit with uh, a heart to help, helpful submission. Find somebody to serve, find a place of service. Uh, You might say, well, I don't like like everything about the church, so I'm just going to sit back and watch. You don't have to agree with everything in the organization of the church to serve the Lord in your corner. Because uh, some people are saying, well, I'm looking for the perfect church. You know, they'll come for a year or two, and they say, I'm just waiting around, just trying to make sure that this is the best church in town. This is the most, this is the perfect church. Well, my friend, you better leave them, because as long as you're here, it's not going to be perfect. Honestly, as long as any of us are here, it's not going to be perfect. And uh, so many people are looking for the perfect situation and the perfect uh, marriage and the perfect family and the perfect spouse and the perfect children. My friend, you're not going to have perfect children because they're your children. And you're not going to have a perfect spouse because it's your spouse. And you're not going to have a perfect church because I'm the pastor, all right? And, you know, I have to self-deprecate once in a while there. But uh, we are looking for a perfection when we should just say, Lord, help me to be productive where I'm at here. Help me to serve others. Help me to love people as you loved me. Help me to just uh, exemplify the love of God in this corner where you've given me to serve. So many people are saying, well, when I get, sometimes pastors say, well, when I get the big church, then I'll, you know, be, uh, I'll work harder. Uh, when I get the big church, then I'll, I'll visit, uh, uh, you know, I'll do a better job of visiting. When I get the big church, well, I'll, I'll have better sermons. When I get the big whatever, uh, a kid says, well, when I get to be in high school, then I'll have a walk with God, when I, get to be, uh, when I get to be an adult, then I will start getting involved in serving in a ministry. I'm so glad that my parents didn't hold me back, even though I was young and dumb and probably unqualified in some ways. But I, I, there was a need to, to run the bus ministry uh, back when I was probably like 12 or 13 years old. I, I started visiting probably when I was 11 or 12 or so, somewhere in there, 2000. And... Uh, There was a man in our church who was running the bus route, and I'd help him out on the weekends. And then he moved away. And then I helped the next guy, another man in our church, to visit the bus route. And then he moved away. And then that summer, an intern came to our church, the summer of 2000, and and I helped him out all summer long, and then he went back to Bible college. And at uh, 12 years of age, there was nobody else to run the bus route and so I couldn't drive, so Mrs. Evelyn and Brother Patrick, they helped me. We went out and we visited the bus route every, every single week. And I would get up and run the bus route on Sunday morning. I was 12 years old. And, that, and that's to God's credit. But I'm glad my parents didn't hold me back. They said, of course you're going to serve in church. And they could have said, well, we don't want him to be exposed to all the bad things that are out there. And he would have to see all of the debauchery and all the, uh, the drug use and all the drunkenness and all the bad things that are out there. We don't want him to be exposed to that. But I'm thankful that I was because guess what? It didn't hurt my psyche. I learned real quick that I don't want to be involved in that junk. I'm thankful that I didn't get ra- I, you know, raised in that environment, right? I'm thankful that uh, I, I didn't have to grow up in a home where mom and dad uh, were absent and uh, where, you know, there was drugs and all of that junk. But I saw it every weekend. But I also saw what God did in the hearts and lives of those children and families as they got uh, to know the Lord. But get yourself involved don't wait till a better opportunity comes along. See, that's, that's garbage. That's garbage. We need to get involved where we're at. Uh, if, you're least, uh, if you're faithful and least, you're faithful all so much, the Scripture says. If we can be trusted with something small, God says, I can give you something better and bigger. Because I know you can do that. You've grown to the place where you can even handle it. Sometimes, sometimes people think, once I, I get in this better and bigger situation, then I'll, I, you know, then I'll be better qualified to do that job. Well, how are you going to be qualified to do a bigger job when you're not even doing a small job? See, God says, I will bless faithfulness. So we need to submit one to another and serve. We have the idea of humility, putting yourself under uh, even an equal. It's not to say that, oh, you know, these people are better than me. You know, they're just so so much better, and, and we're over here just, uh, we're just nobody. And no, God has blessed you. you don't ha- I'm not saying that we have to think badly about ourselves and, and have negative feelings and thoughts and Thoughts of uh, 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 be depressed about ourselves? No, but there's a lot of power when uh, in God when we can come and know, come to somebody and say, "I know that uh, this person uh, is maybe not even as qualified as me to do this job, but God didn't give me their job." God put me here, and I'm here to help them. And so I'm going to serve either alongside or underneath them and put myself maybe under their authority. And if God chooses to ever uh, give me a better job, then I'll be ready. I will have served under somebody, and I have a better idea how to do this. We can learn from anybody. Put yourself into that place of humility and of helpfulness. Submit. Serve. Serve. Serve as unto the Lord. Find somebody to serve and get busy for the Lord. Then we see letter C here holy submission. He says, Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. He literally says here, Submit yourselves in reverence to Christ. In reverence to Christ. I don't submit to you because of you. And you don't submit to me because of me. I submit to you and you submit to me. We submit one to another because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Submit yourselves to one another. That's such a hard concept, see? We got too much... Um, too much uh, Self-willed living. Too much selfish living. We're looking out for number one. And actually, we're number three. <laughs> okay? May we submit to the Lord Jesus Christ today. And you don't have to have some kind of complex about, oh, you, know, just, you know, this person over here, you know, you know that, they're just kind of, you know, they're, they're just kind of a different kind of a person, you know? Can't you love different people? See, it's one thing to love people that are just like us. It's another thing to be able to love somebody who's different than us. See, that's Jesus Christ. That's where it comes back to. This is being filled with the Spirit. When we're filled with the Spirit, we can praise God. Because we realize that praise God from whom all blessings flow. And then when we begin to praise God, we can begin to start thanking God for even the bad things in our lives. If we can praise God for the good things, and he, he he says even some of these bad things are there. Because I love you, I want you to grow. I want you to be stretched a little bit. Thank God for all things. And then once we get those two things down and the Holy Spirit is flowing through us, then we begin to be able to submit even to people that aren't like us. People that are just a little hard to get along with. God can even help us to love those people. He says love and submit. He says submit one to another in the fear of God. Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help us today. We approach your holy throne May we see ourselves as we ought to see ourselves. We are nothing. We are nothing. We are nothing. But we are also loved by the God who created us. You loved us enough to sacrifice for us. Oh, Father, may we learn to praise you for who you are. To thank you for all we have. And Lord, to submit one to another. Help us not to worry about who gets the credit. Because, God, you're keeping score. And that's okay with us. Father, I pray that you'd help us. So many uh, hurting people here today, Lord. There's so many needs. Lord, may your word, may your truth Uh, Work in our heart today. Father, we pray for the Holy Spirit's work as well. Where hearts are convicted of uh, a need to grow, I pray that we would submit there. We would give to you what you deserve. I pray, Lord, for maybe somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, they have never been forgiven of their sins. And Lord, I pray that today that you would touch them right now. Speak to them that they would submit to you in that area. Father, I pray that they would realize that we're sinners, we deserve hell, but God, you loved us enough to send your son Jesus to die in our place. Lord, I pray that today that they would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they would be saved. Because God said, you said that you you won't cast anyone out that comes to you. And so today I know that, Lord, if they call upon you to be saved, You'll receive them and bring them into your family. We thank you for the love that you have for us in that way. You'll forgive us. God, I pray that today that they would do that. We don't deserve it. We thank you for saving us. We do pray that you bless this time. I pray that you would uh, help us as we uh, seek to honor you. Lord, may you be glorified in this place. May you have been worshipped in this service. In Jesus' name, amen.